Hello and welcome to the Addicted Austinite, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. I'm Catherine and in this week's episode I am reviewing episode 2 of ITB Sanditon. So I have literally just finished watching this episode and I was making notes uh, as I was going through it so hopefully I'll be able to put my thoughts into some kind of coherent um, (laughs) discussion. So really sort of to start with it's a bit difficult because I'm not really sure how I feel about this episode. There's something that doesn't feel quite right but I can't put my finger on it. I did enjoy it but I know that I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have. So yeah there's just an odd sort of feeling I have about it. Um, in When I reviewed the last episode, uh, I was saying that Jane's input, the, the stuff that she'd written for Sanderton, was over quite quickly, and that ITV Sanderton took over, not halfway through the episode. So there is something I feel is, is missing. It doesn't quite have the same... Austin-esque tone I suppose and um, at least for me anyway it doesn't feel as light and as irreverent maybe and, and witty and sarcastic as, as other Austin adaptations. I understand that of course it is difficult that they've got to fill the space and they've got to finish the story and try and make it into a workable plot but it is just sort of missing that Austin sparkle I guess. I think the biggest example of of that for me is is Lady Denham. It's really it's quite clear that they've sort of gone for a Lady Catherine-esque sort of feel to Lady Denham but on the other hand they also seem to sort of portray her with a an Elizabeth Bennet kind of social sense sort of street smarts as it were she's very aware that people around her are scheming and maneuvering and she's calling them out and she's being very quick with it and she's not suffering fools gladly however with her interaction with some of the other characters miss lamb in particular She's very naive and very social climber, like the people that she's ragging on. Um, <laughs> the Denhams and Clara Brereton and, and Charlotte, for example. So she's quite a contradictory character. And it's like they're trying to combine all of, all of Jane Austen's sort of hallmarks. But they're not quite hitting it properly and they're mixing things up and getting it all a bit muddy and it results in this odd feeling it's like sort of watching reading Jane Austen through a a carnival mirror you know those um funhouse mirrors that make everything look a bit distorted it's kind of how it feels it's not I'm looking at something that has a resemblance to Jane Austen but it's not quite defined and it's definitely not a clear image of her and again I understand that this is going to be quite difficult for them to capture that feeling because there is so little that they've used of Jane's original story there's so little that there is to use however there is a certain tone that Jane has to her stories and it seems like they've kind of missed it 
with this adaptation. So yeah, that's sort of my my big initial thought after having watched this episode. Um, I'm not saying that it was a bad episode necessarily. Um, like I said, I did enjoy it, but I know that I didn't enjoy it quite as much as I could have. Thinking of Jane and of her influence on this story and the bits of Sanditon, I have to say the most sort of Austin-esque feeling character to me is actually Arthur Parker. He's he's very funny and he's very sort of very similar to Mr. Collins in in tone and in in portrayal and I think it's really he's just a hilarious character to watch and he he is the most sort of Austin-esque feeling thing about this version of Sanditon. I mean, obviously we're sort of following Charlotte who is supposed to have that Austin heroine role and she does do quite well. Um, She's an interesting character, to say the least. But, again, it just it sort of misses the mark. And while I was watching it, I've written it down in my notes that, that Arthur is, is the most Austin-feeling character of them all. I do think that the actors and actresses, they've been doing a wonderful job. They've obviously tried really hard with these characters and, and sort of and are, are working really well with what they've been given. I think that as much as Lady Denham's character is a bit wobbly, I do think that Anne Reed is marvellous. <laughs> I do love her as an actress. But I think she's do- and I think she's really doing um well with this role. As much as I'm not sure about how they've written her. Um I also think that Chris Marshall is really good as well. He's, again, sort of my issues with the character are really sort of about how he's been written, uh, Mr Parker, as opposed to the acting that's gone behind it. Sometimes it's a bit difficult to separate the two, but um, in this case, for me at least, I can sort of see that he's trying his best and maybe it's not quite good enough what he's been given to work with and that it might be a bit difficult for him, but... I do think he's done a really good job. And I really enjoyed the actress who plays Miss Lamb. She was absolutely wonderful. <laughs> I love her performance. I do love how she, she puts on that, that accent at, at the tea party to sort of play up to everybody's expectations of the character and how she switches so quickly and and how strong she is with it. She's not ridiculing herself or her people she's ridiculing the people that think that her people are like that and it's really it's really good acting I think and I'm really impressed thinking of Miss Lamb it's certainly an interesting discussion about racism and about slavery at this time obviously it's a very difficult topic to talk about and I am a young white woman and a lot of the production staff are white people as well so it is and and Jane obviously too was uh, middle class and white so it is difficult for us to talk about slavery and and racism and really sort of understand it from the perspective of someone like Miss Lamb and then I'm again I'm sort of on the fence about how they've been dealing with it there's just something that doesn't feel quite right I'm not sure how to explain it like I think it's good that they're dealing with this and and they're admitting that society was like this and that somebody like Miss Lamb would have had a difficult time of it. 
but there's just something about the way that they've dealt with it that feels off doesn't feel quite fully realized I don't know maybe it maybe it's sort of the same feeling that I have about talking about it that that we are white people and we're not quite sure so we don't want to push it too far and we're a bit unsteady and that sort of comes across really with the way that they've been handling Miss Lamb's character though again I do think that the actress that played Miss Lamb was absolutely fantastic and I think it is really important that they do talk about this and that they do show just how multicultural society was because obviously with a lot of other Jane Austen adaptations well with nearly all of them there really aren't any people of colour and there's something to be said for that was the world that Jane lived in she probably didn't have that much interaction with anybody of colour just because of her own personal circumstances but that's not to say that people of colour weren't there and this is really sort of the first and the only Jane Austen story to sort of deal with with that as well so it is I'm, I'm really happy to sort of see that discussion being played out and talked about we have a, a brief little mention of slavery in Mansfield Park and in Emma as well, but they're sort of fleeting moment. We have Fanny asking Sir Thomas about his, his slavery ties in Antigua. And then we have Jane Fairfax in Emma. She's comparing being a governess to being a slave. I think we talked about it at the time, just how ridiculous of a statement that was. But really, Sanderton is the first one to sort of well, I say it's the first one to deal with it. Obviously, Jane didn't get that far. Miss Lamb had only just arrived by the time that we get to the end of Jane's extract. So she hadn't really had the chance to deal with it properly. But I am pleased that ITV sort of picked up on that. And I'm glad that it's being discussed. I just, I don't know, I just feel that they could have done a little bit better. I'm not entirely sure. If you have any thoughts about it, do comment and let me know. Because I, I really am struggling to sort of put into words how I feel about it. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, so let's have a look at my notes and see what else I have been thinking while I was watching it. Oh yeah, one thing that I did enjoy was the whole pineapple situation. Again, I think it didn't quite feel completely Austin-esque to me, but I think it was a really interesting scene to put in because that is quite a common occurrence in Georgian Britain that things like pineapples and bananas and exotic fruits were to be put on show and to show off your wealth and it was quite common for them to be sat at the dinner table until they'd gone rotten <laughs> and they just sort of sit there nobody eats them and I thought that was a wonderful inclusion and again it shows just how much sort of Arthur is the most Austin-esque character that they've got that they've managed to sort of continue through with that and his whole palaver with the pineapple it was very sort of Mr Collins-like which made me happy because it was like a bright flash of of Jane Austen right there. It suddenly re reminded you that this was based on a Jane Austen story and not just an ITV period drama. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Okay, what else have we got? Oh, okay, yes, the Denims, not Lady Denim. Uh, the, the brother and sister. That is an interesting coupling they've got going on there. In the story that Jane wrote, the Denims are brother and sister. There's, there's no ifs, ands or buts. They are brother and sister. In this adaptation, they've obviously got some kind of weird, almost romance going on. They've made them 
step siblings instead, so they're not related by blood. And it's very clear that at least Miss Denham in particular has romantic sexual feelings towards her stepbrother, which again, I mentioned it in the last episode I reviewed, that there is a sexual undertone to this series that feels quite uncomfortable in a Jane Austen setting, I don't know. I mean, obviously people had sex and stuff, but yeah, this is this is just weird. Like, <laughs> I know in Georgian society it was a bit more loose with who you were allowed to marry and things, and I know that Jane has people marrying their cousins in her stories, and that Emma and Mr Knightley are technically brother and sister-in-law, and they still get married and, and everything. But I don't think that she would have gone so far as brother and sister, even if they were stepbrother and sister. It's just a bit weird and rather uncomfortable. I mean, they made enough fuss about Fanny and Edmund Bertram getting together in Mansfield Park. There was sort of talk about them being cousins and being worried about it coming together, which, of course, it did in the end. They've sort of resigned to it by that point. But I don't think that she would have had that weird relationship between the two of them. It puts me in mind of a, of a Sarah Michelle Geller film. I forget the name now, but she's sort of seducing her brother or stepbrother or something in this film, and it's really uncomfortable. And that was sort of the vibe I was getting from this pair. And it's interesting. It's an interesting storyline to have and it adds intrigue and discomfort and stuff, but it doesn't quite feel like it fits in an Austin adaptation for me. It does just feel out of place. Okay, I think that has really sort of covered most of the most of the points that I had written down while I was watching the episode. Again, the the most important thing that, that sort of took away the biggest thing that I had once I'd finished was that it's obviously trying to be Austin-esque, but it's, it's really not hitting the mark for me. To be quite honest, I think it's a good story and the actors are great. I think it would have done better on its own if they had just written it as its own period drama. I think that the relationships are really good. I think that the scheming that goes on and the way the characters discuss it and the way it's revealed to the audience, I think it is intriguing, but it's far too obvious for Jane's style. And I think that if they'd given it a different name and just made it a regular period drama, then it would have worked a lot better. But I am interested in seeing where else they're going to take it from here. So I will see you next time when I will review episode three. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Addicted Austinite. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please do like and subscribe and share it and all that kind of lovely stuff. I would be very appreciative. I will see you next time for a new episode. And until then, happy reading. Your faithful servant, the author.